You're listening to Upstream. This is episode number 134, and I'll be your host, James Davis. I'm here with IT consultant Alex Bass and Blaze, editor-in-chief over at CrackBerry. Joining us today is none other than Michael Fisher. You may know him from his time at Pocket Now, or more recently through his work on YouTube as Mr. Mobile. Today, we'll be talking past, present, and future for BlackBerry as we gather Michael's insight from his hands-on time with the new BlackBerry at CES 2017. Michael, thank you so much for joining us today. Guys, thank you for having me. I have uh, I've been been listening to y'all for a little bit now, and more frequently now that BlackBerry is sort of a thing again. So I am honored to share the airwaves with you. Thanks for having me. Definitely, that's great. What's some of your background with BlackBerry devices? I remember distinctly a really well done BlackBerry Classic review that uh, at the t- at the time was such a nostalgic throwback. And now I look at Mercury and I see a lot of parallels. Um, tell us about some of the past BlackBerry devices you've reviewed and which ones you've enjoyed the most. Definitely. Uh, that classic, I, I just watched that old classic video recently, just randomly in the middle of the night, I couldn't fall asleep and somebody tagged me and I, I mentioned it on Twitter. I was like, damn, that was a fun review to do. Um, but I, I mean, I've reviewed pretty much every BlackBerry from, from the BlackBerry 10 generation onward. So the Z10 and Z, wait, Z10 and Q10, right? That was the first, the the, the relaunch batch. Yep. And yep. That's yeah, the first two devices out. Right. Um, so every yeah, every, pretty much everything since then, with the exception of the really low end stuff. But um, as with most people, I think I have a massive affinity for the brand because it was my first smartphone in 2004, and I had a special one. Did any of you guys have have uh, have a Nextel BlackBerry in in the states? No, can't say I did. I totally did. And it was like, it was the 7520, which was basically the 7250, except with a giant telephone pole bolted to the outside of it so that you could pick up Nextel's IDEN 800 signal. And it was it was just the the, the tops. Uh, and I that's the phone that introduced me to third-party apps as a notion. Um, back then, the, the backlight didn't automatically go on when you pushed a button. So you had to like, there was a dedicated backlight button and you had to, download an app just to get the backlight to turn on <laughs> for any input, which was great. So uh, ever since then, that was what? That was 12, uh, 13, 14 years ago. Uh, I've, I've, I've had a real soft spot for, for the brand, which only gets softer as the, as the years go by. But uh, right now, I am using a Priv, which I have been using for the past week, because right after this recording session, I'm posting a re-review of the BlackBerry Priv, uh, 14 months after its launch, because the Mercury has sort of put BlackBerry back into tech geeks' minds, at least. And I feel like it's a good time to answer the question of, you know, how well the Priv holds up. So that's the not-at-all-short story of my BlackBerry time. No, that's good. I think it's a really good kind of training course as well for what you can expect with Mercury, you know, getting reaffiliated with everything that it has to offer. Yeah, I mean, like for better and worse, right? Because I, I went hands-on with the Mercury, which I guess we'll talk about in a bit. And you guys have talked about it two weeks ago from a, a couple episodes back. Um, some I cannot wait to reuse some of the stuff that I've missed from the Priv, like the trackpad keyboard, especially, and the parts of the hub. <laughs> and then there are parts that I really, really hope they fixed because there are some things about the Priv that I would use if they were at all usable, like... Uh, oops, sorry, like the just type, you know, search function and stuff like that. Yeah, it's weird how some of those those 
little nudges that we have percolated across the OSs too. We had that same kind of concern on BB10, and that's the same thing we had on those early preview units running Lollipop. I think you called it one of the most needed devices to get Marshmallow, and and now it has it, right? So, right, 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 right. And I think I I recall hoping that Marshmallow would solve a lot of the the sort of uh, lag issues that I experienced on my first gen priv, and it it's it made it faster certainly. But then a funny thing happened is that the the Pixel came out and I uh, used it and then the Pixel ruined me for pretty much every other yeah, Android phone yeah, ever, yeah. you know, because the responsiveness that's, is just so off the charts. Yes, yeah. that's that's currently the smartphone that Alex is using and that's what I'm using as well. Just to, oh, again, okay. juxt- juxtapose what we're experiencing on the BlackBerry side, I just reviewed the DTEK60 smartphone and it stacked up for, you know, fairly well against the Pixel, so... Yeah, oh, especially when you compare with a, with a Pixel to a Priv, it's a totally different experience. Uh, Blaze, what device are you currently using? Are you still on your DTEK60? Yep. And you, you've compared both devices. How does the DTEK60 like, truly hold up for you now that you've been using it for some time? Um, I think it stands up pretty good on its own. I mean, there are a few things that I would like to see improved, especially when it comes down to like the OS. Like, Obviously, I want Nougat more than anything else. It's kind of like Going back to that problem that Michael had with uh, with the Priv, you know, you have one operating system, but you're constantly waiting for the next operating system, and that's kind of where I'm at now with uh, with the DTEK60. I just I just want Nougat for it because of the the stuff that Nougat brings along with it, right? Um, not even just the additional security features, just everything else that comes with it. Um, but on its own, I mean, I I can't see any reason to like not really recommend the DTEK60 to somebody who is looking for an Android device and just wanted a little bit of BlackBerry flair with it. Um, honestly, I think that the, the DTEK60 is a much better device than the Priv when it comes down to, uh, uh, you know, the performance of it all. Um, it definitely feels like a faster device. The only thing that, you know, you're, you're giving up the keyboard at that point in time. So, you know, it, for for a lot of people, it's just not really an option. Like they have to have the keyboard, right? So it'll be interesting to see how the Mercury um, fares in terms of uh, uh, performance against the Priv as well, too. Um, basically, to see you know if new new customers are going to pick that up as an option, and additionally whether or not you know those current Priv owners are going to pick up the Mercury as an option as well. Um, uh, even though that, it, you know, Michael said it's like 14 months since it's been released, you know, there's still going to be people out there that are going to be looking to upgrade their devices. And uh, uh, I'm really interested to see if there's going to be a shift from Priv to Mercury amongst the audience now. Yeah, you know, and I mean, realistically, anyone who has it for the physical uh, you know, keyboard functionality, there's really nothing else on the market Android-wise that will fulfill your needs. So, like, yes, you can go back to a Passport, but you're on BB10, and, you know, there's a lot of problems that come with that. So, really, I feel like the Mercury is the only phone that you can kind of recommend to someone who is on a Priv and they want a better typing experience and they want that physical keyboard, so. True enough, yeah. But it's funny, because the point I just made in my the video that has yet to go up is that I would still, man... If this, if if the software was was anywhere close to as fast as something like the the, the Pixel, or from what I'm hearing from Blaze, the DTX60, like I would still, I would totally carry the Priv because I think this hardware, it's something about it. I mean, it's it's way too tall. 
uh, as as my colleague Kevin mentioned to me yesterday, if you drop it on your face when you're reading in bed, you'll you'll break your nose. Uh, it's it like you can't do anything on it without people asking you what it is. But it is the sexiest slab of awesome. I love this thing so. I love this design so much, and even the Mercury. You know, I think it looks kind of cool, but it, it's not. It's not the unified sort of look at me, look how BA I am that the that the priv conveys, you know? Well, so what percentage of your time did you use the actual physical keyboard with the priv versus just alt touch? Because most people that I, that I, actually my entire family is on the priv and I'd say probably oh, nice. 90% of them, well, I mean, I, I kind of push them too. We do do yeah. the BlackBerry podcast. <laughs> Figure, um, oh, yeah. Yeah, but most of them, they just use the, the virtual keyboard. Like they don't even slide it up and it's kind of ridiculous actually because like that's the one thing that it does special, you know? Right. No, that's not me at all. I'm, okay. the, I'm totally the opposite. Um, the only time I use the virtual keyboard is when I only have one hand free, because that's the that's the yeah. only time for me the physical keyboard is just I can't mm-hmm. use it, because uh, I will drop the thing on the sidewalk. <laughs> so it's uh, yeah yeah, and the virtual keyboard's great, and I'm glad to hear that on the 60 and 50 it it tends to work well um, because the predictive text has always been good since BlackBerry 10 launched, but. I just it, that the the keyboard the physical keyboard, especially given its trackpad capabilities and its shortcut buttons and all that stuff, I have to use it. When I'm using the Priv, I have to use the physical keyboard. It's just too cool. The Priv is definitely a special device, and I think with Mercury coming, the price point is going to be very interesting because right now you can pick up a Priv for three ninety nine, and that's a it's a hell of a lot of phone for that price. So how do you position the Mercury now? You know, given the spec differences that we may have between them, it's definitely. Might be something that I think a lot of people are really gonna have to look at carefully when they look at where does their money actually spend best. I think from a future in perspective, the Mercury is gonna be one of those devices that has a little bit more support than the Priv did, at least in the early days. We've got a much more refined software experience from BlackBerry now. And I even on my Pixel, I'm using the predictive keyboard that BlackBerry has and the launcher to kind of switch up things because I like a lot of what BlackBerry's doing with Android. I, I just hope they did more of it. You know, without getting too cluttered, that's something I also like about the Pixel experience. It's very seamless. There's not a lot of things there to really confuse people with, whereas BlackBerry's launcher has little nooks and crannies you can get into and customize. Right, right. That's why I wish the timing had been a little bit better. I, I sort of wish the Priv had come out um, more recently than it did because if it, if it were a little newer, if it were six months old instead of 14, I think it actually would have had the chance to sell a, a few more units uh, against two people who were like planning on buying or had already bought, you know, say a Note 7 and they're looking for an alternative that's this big slab of phone with with a lot of capabilities, you know, the the Priv was certainly playing in that in that category. Uh, of course the significant spec differences, but um in in terms of the Mercury, you know, you guys were mentioning it uh, I think 2 weeks ago, we we still don't have a complete spec sheet, but I feel like we're all pretty convinced it's going to pack a a six two five or something like that, right? Yeah. yeah. Even even the hardware now, when you like you look at some of the videos from CES, you can clearly see what it's running because people did manage to get into the settings and stuff like that. I mean, yeah. the, base, the the question is, you know, whether or not TCL is going to do anything further with it, and I don't think that they are. So, right, exactly. Yeah, I feel like it's too late for that too. And I I, I kind of don't trust the setting screens on on demo units anyway, because there was one particular company where that. I looked at the setting screen for this pre-release hardware and they were like, uh, I was like, this is ridiculous. What are you, how are you guys doing this on this old version of Android? They're like, oh, we just, we just put a fake setting screen in there because we knew you guys would mess around. I was like, oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I don't, I don't even trust them anymore. But I, I think if the Mercury launches with a 625, I'll be kind of okay. Cause the Moto Z play, um, 
it has wonderful performance. It's just as fast as the Moto Z with an 820 or 821, whatever it has. And it, its battery lasts roughly three and a half years per charge. <laughs> it's crazy what the 625 can do, how efficient it is, uh, despite being a mid-tier, you know, quote-unquote, mid-range processor. And see, I'd be fine with that as well. I just the only thing that I worry about it is from a perception level is that people just look at that and and yeah. they immediately dismiss it. Like we're already we're already seeing that. Like people, you know, on posts with the with comments about the Mercury, people will already be dismissing it just because it runs a six twenty five. And it's like, of course, you've never even used it yet. So yeah, down, at least check it out, right? And that's the only thing that I worry about it and. I mean, the, I wish I wish that they had put more RAM into it, but that's just me being a little bit overly picky. But you know, is the Mercury rumored to have uh, three or four gigs of uh, RAM? Three. Okay. But I want four. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Understandable. In the hand, how did the Mercury feel? I guess compared to some of the other Blackberries you've held, even the Priv, is it? It looks like a little bit beefy and meaty of a device as well. Like it has some heft to it. Yeah, it is. I think I described it in my hands-on as as um, well substantial and 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 a little on the beefy side. But it falls a little short of. You remember the first time you held like a bold nine thousand, and you were mm-hmm. like, "Oh my god, this is this is some leather on the back, and it's got feels like it's got eight hundred pennies in it." You know, it's like that. That's kind of substantial. It's not quite there. It it falls just short of that. But compared to the first run of Privs, which, I mean, I just picked mine mine up, and this is on loan from a colleague and like if i kind of look at the priv funny it creaks and pops you know so it's not that at all the mercury feels much more substantial than the priv but not quite up to the level of a bold 9000 uh maybe in the range of a yeah i feel like the blackberry classic is a good is good analog you know because the the classic was built very well but it was you know i I still feel that first bold really uh exemplifies perfection almost in build quality um so yeah, I'm hopeful for it. I just hope that TCL will be able to deliver that quality right from the first units, instead of making these tiny batch improvements over the, you know, issues, uh, just as the Priv did. Yeah, uh, TCL should definitely take a stab at building a Priv down the line. That would be, oh, yeah. I think, a oh, really man. interesting. Yeah. Yeah, like a Priv Silver Edition from TCL, with a <laughs> with an 821 or something. That would be amazing. People are shedding tears of joy right now listening to this, I'm sure. Celebrating, right? (laughs) (laughs) So from a a cost perspective, obviously, it's great that TCL is taking a lot of the ownership of the hardware in this sense. And BlackBerry is obviously pivoting toward their software focus and focusing on the enterprise space. And it seems to be a good place for them while they can leverage some of these partnerships to build out hardware in India and Indonesia and working with TCL on that global distribution. What was the talk and the tone, I guess, from TCL as they're positioning their first BlackBerry and kind of a lineup of phones? I know Android Central did a piece and kind of talked about more of a broader roadmap and that there could potentially even be a lower spec uh, QWERTY device coming out later in the year as well. Um, what was the tone? Was it a, was it a high energy type of uh, conversation that you were had with some of the folks from TCL? Yeah, the the folks I talked to at this briefing were the same folks that have been giving us the Alcatel briefings for years, and so they're always it's always kind of the same and. This is not, this sounds negative at first, but it, it isn't. They're always like, you just wait, just wait for it. three years down the road. Just wait and see what's going to happen. And, you know, you get tired of that every year where you're just like, oh, show me something now. But if you look at their, their track record, 
you know, they they took the Alcatel brand from nothing, uh, at least from nothing in in terms of my mind share, and built it into what the fourth the, the fourth highest volume shipper of smartphones in North America or something like that or in the United States. Mm-hmm. Um, they did that on you know with low end hardware and stuff. That's fine, but but that's that's a pretty successful thing, you know, if, if for for only a handful of years. And they have a lot of enthusiasm for the the BlackBerry brand. Um, and I, they, they, I think they're aiming to do the same thing, you know, with BlackBerry. And if they put in as much effort as they did with the Alcatel stuff, I think that they've got a fair chance. I think they have as as good a chance as anybody else of succeeding. I don't know. I, I, do you guys think BlackBerry is it, it can be this this competitor to uh, to the to the Apples and Samsungs of the world as they were very um, boldly stating? I think Blaze put it. Yeah, yeah. Like I don't know. I think it. I think it's kind of too late for that. I think we have to be this like. Well, all right. Let's go in this other direction. It has to be this enterprise focused thing, right? So, I don't know. I just hope that on the consumer side that they they are able to price some handsets more attractively than black more recent blackberries have been priced because they've just been too expensive i think yeah blaze to get one in canada would probably cost him like literally his arm and his leg or a thousand dollars when it first came out and that's just this is too much for a phone it's madness uh, yeah especially with the brand that again hasn't been super competitive in the space as well demanding a flagship type price is something they definitely need to stray away from which is why i think the dtech 60 is such a solid device it comes in at 499 and that's like right in the middle of the high end, you know, mm. and, and same things still with the DTEK 50, where it's really a $200 device, but they've priced it up to the $300 range. I'm interested to see where would you find a price point, Michael, that the Mercury can succeed at? Here's the thing. I, I have, uh, I, I think I'm going to get in a little bit of trouble for this because I made the assertion on this video that the Priv is actually still still too much money for even though you can you can find it in the states on Amazon and Newegg and everything for three thirty I think is the lowest I found three twenty nine, and that's you know for me for a, a BlackBerry fan yeah that's a pretty good price for a Priv, but you know they got all these things the batteries the software that and and the fact that you can spend what another sixty bucks, and get an Honor eight, or a uh, an Idle four though I wouldn't do that or an Axon seven or a, a Moto Z Play, I mean, there is a lot of competition around the $400 price point. So I feel like I, I feel like the Mercury really has to bring something stunningly great to the equation, not just the same old pitch of like, hey, it's a BlackBerry, so you know, it's got it's got DTEK, so you know you're safe. I was like, ah, it doesn't really work on people, you know? <laughs> you know, it's like, it's got a physical keyboard. Yes, those people are going to go right after it no matter what it's priced, but it's, there are... I think there are 17 of those people left. You know what I mean? I I, I think that they've got to price it competitively if they want it to move in volume, but they don't. I don't think they care about that. I'd I like to see it. I don't either. Yeah, I'd like to see it. Totally. They're gonna they're gonna sell it in, in bulk to to enterprise to you know. Pricing it at 4.99 on still on shop BlackBerry shows that they don't really care about the pricing structure of it all. <laughs> And no, that's the, hoping somebody will pick it up for four ninety nine, right? Right. That's the priv, right? The priv yeah. at four ninety nine right now. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and then that's U.S. pricing. Like, if I flip over to Shop Blackberry Canada, the priv is still listed. Uh, I think it's like five hundred. Yeah, five ninety nine. Like, yeah. who in the right mind would buy a priv right now in Canada for five ninety nine? That's ridiculous. Like, I 
no. <laughs> <laughs> well, the well, the accessories are forty percent off, boys. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> oh, right. Oh, that makes it better. <laughs> Definitely excited for some of these future Blackberries to come out. Uh, you know, Mercury is. I think really tailored at a specific user, those classic workhorse people who who need that physical keyboard always there. One of my biggest complaints about the Perf is having to slide it open. I just kind of wanted the keyboard to always be there and accessible. So I didn't have to add an extra step into, you know, accessing that keyboard goodness, be it a shortcut or be it some of the, uh, you know, the quick type features. Overall, though, I'm more interested in BlackBerry software story. If that's what they're going to continue to push, this security and software story, then I'd like to see more productivity pushed out of their software experience because right now it's a relatively stock one. And although there's apps there, we mentioned DTech, BBM is another great example. These apps are there, they're powerful, but they're not necessarily sold well on the phone in terms of getting people to really engage with them in a meaningful way. Do you think that there's a potential for for more things to happen there? Blaze, I'm interested to hear your point because you know on CrackBerry, we wanna do as much as we can to try to educate people on what these devices have to offer, but you know, I could go to your DTEC 60 review and see every single thing each app does, and that's about it, right? You can sum it up fairly evenly with what's actually there out of the box. Do you think there's more things that they could be bringing on board to make this experience a little bit more unique? Yeah, I mean, I think we touched on it on the last podcast as well, is that I, now that they're no longer dealing with the hardware aspect of it, I think they have a little bit more opportunity to sit down and do some stuff in terms of the apps and the, the software side of the equation. Um, the thing that I mentioned uh, on the last podcast was basically, you know, some further integrations, um, with, with like different services that are available to make the, the experience a little bit better. Um, because with BlackBerry 10, we were kind of, we were kind of spoiled with that. There was a lot of deeper integration built within the OS itself, but when it comes to, comes to their Android software, it seems like they didn't really put a lot of that stuff in there for for example, your notes app, your notes app only backs up if you're using an exchange account or stuff like that. But on BlackBerry 10, it was backed up to Evernote for better or worse and all those things. So I think I think there's plenty of room for them to go ahead and add a little bit more to the software side of the equation and make their, you know, their, their I guess, productivity suite a whole lot better. Um, whether or not they'll do it, though, is you know that's up in the air um but i really hope that they do just mainly because the core experience that they have there is great but it's still a little bit of a hard sell on people to be able to go ahead like like michael said there's no outstanding feature that you can point to like the dtech app is great but you don't generally need the dtech app it, it doesn't really it's not really beneficial to have it there for most people. Most people just dismiss it and don't really care about it because they know that it's things that they can address on their own within the operating system itself anyways, right? Um, so, yeah, I mean, I hope I hope that they go in there now that they don't have the hardware to deal with and sort of expand upon it. Um, but I hope that they do it right, too. Like, I don't want a, I don't want a whole, whole Samsung touch whiz two years ago experience on there. Like, I don't want them to overweight it. Like, there is a fine balance between what they should do and what they can do. And, you know, hopefully they'll 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 find somewheres in between there to keep things nice and fresh within their, their own software and, and bring improvements to the mix. Um, because I think any improvements that they have are only going to, you know, help them and put them in a better position, right? And, you know, I think it's a little bit broken right now, too, because my buddy who has a Priv, he was actually 
now he's on a, a Samsung device because of the replacement thing, but he was using the BlackBerry Notes app and he saved all of his notes in there, you know, passwords, things, just like everything in it. He was just on oh, the four, 14 day trial or something though. So after the 14 days, it actually locks you out of that. They don't even let you view your notes or copy or export them. So it's like Whoa. you have to pay the dollar for the month or the two bucks or the 14 for the year, whatever it is in order to see it. And he's like, eh, I guess that kind of sucks. Man, I could just use my Google Play credit reward, you know, to, to do it. And I'm like, but that's that's what's fundamentally broken. The fact that you were put with this ultimatum, it's like you should have just been using Google Keep in the first place or something. But like, that's something that, you know, it didn't sit right with me. You know, it, it didn't seem like the, the genuine way to go about doing it. So yeah, that's a pretty bad customer experience yeah. right there. <laughs> it's the opposite of surprising yes. and delighting. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's odd because again you can get all these blackberry apps from the android experience on other devices as well and then you couple them with ads or a paywall and it gets really hard for people to really find where should i be spending my money should i just be buying the holistic blackberry out of the box or tacking those those key features on that i may like those one two or three apps i want to bring the conversation down as we've read about hit our time limit gentlemen but let's talk about nintendo switch for a moment and how Nintendo's cashing in on a lot of this nostalgia that people had for the old ways of Nintendo. We've seen the NES Classic do a very, very good job of never being in stock <laughs> due to uh, how Nintendo's rolled it out. Is there an opportunity here for TCL to really seize on some of that nostalgia with the keyboard and some of those old benign services and bring them into a new light? Can they teach an old dog new tricks, especially with that innovative keyboard sensor now you know, down there in, in the space bar? And how do they tell that story? I feel like it's a different, it's it's a tempting analogy because I want to say that that works really well. And, and yeah, there's going to be a real nostalgia market for BlackBerry devices. But I think that only goes so far as the brand. I think the brand gets people to keep people's attention. And then the the handsets themselves have to deliver. Um, because with, with Nintendo, it's like you're, it's a gaming experience. And with a, with a smartphone, it's, it's okay, this is what I'm going to look at for you know, however, whatever percentage of the day, what insane percentage of the day that people look at their smartphones now. Um, so I, I think I don't I don't know that that can translate uh, perfectly. Um, and Nintendo, but they are similar, right? Because I was going to say, well, Nintendo is coming back after a long time away, but they're not. They've always been around. They didn't go bankrupt. They didn't change owners, right? They're, they've it's been Nintendo this whole time. They've just kind of gone through their their highs and lows and blackberry is sort of the same way um but I, I don't know i think there's a big market for nostalgia review nostalgic reviews of old devices i don't know that there's a big market. i mean it didn't save palm right right and tcl owns palm too oh <laughs> uh, yeah <laughs> we could have a whole portfolio so like next up windows ce mobile you know well michael thank you very much for your time today we really appreciate having you on discussing some of your insight from CES 2017. And hopefully this Mercury comes about in a positive way for BlackBerry. I'm sure you'll be doing a review, and I'm looking forward to seeing that over on Mr. Mobile. I absolutely will, and thank you guys for having me. I really, really appreciate it, and uh, had a great time. Let's do it again. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Great. All right. See you later, guys. Take care. See you guys. Dear listener, thank you so much for tuning in. Be sure to follow Michael as he creates fantastic mobile tech videos for the discerning gadget enthusiast. Links to all of Michael's social media can be found down in the video description. Follow him at the Mr. Mobile on YouTube and be sure you're subscribed. 
Looking for even more upstream goodness? Check out our Patreon support campaign at patreon.com forward slash upstream, where you'll get access to extra content such as our after show.